Well, it's good to see you this morning. Are you ready for God's Word? I think the front row is. Are we ready for the Word of God? Can we just put our hands together for Pastor Caleb, Pastor Chloe, for Petrus? What phenomenal work these guys are doing. But hey, um, those of us that call Downpour Home know this, that every year we have what we call the Word for the Year. And uh, we felt God impressing on our hearts that this was the year of wonder. And uh, what that means is a year where God will do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask, imagine, or think. Things that were unusual, things that are impossible, but things that make us really want to wonder. And in fact, I wanna read from Joshua chapter three, verse five, which is sort of our scripture that God spoke to me from at some point towards the end of last year. It says, then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. I love the scripture because even if I've had a wonderful day today, when I read it, it reminds me that God is about to do something even greater tomorrow. It almost sets us up for going from glory to glory and from strength to strength. And sometimes we can start the year with a sense of momentum. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. But then sometimes life just comes and things happen and all sorts of stuff happens. And I just felt impressed on my heart just over the last few days I begin to have a play on words. And what I, this word wonder is spelled W-O-N-D-E-R. But if you take the O and if you put the word, uh, if you put the alphabet A in, it completely changes the meaning. You go from wonder to wander. From wonder to wander. And so the title of my message is wonder or wander. And I wanna read one scripture, Proverbs 21, it says, a man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. Why don't we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, that as I'm speaking this word, that people would not just hear me, but that they would hear your voice. I pray that every ears would be open, every eyes would be sensitive, every heart would be open. Lord, Holy Spirit, only you can do what you do when your word is spoken. I pray, God, at the end of this service that people would uh, recognize where they are, and what you have for them. But also I pray for people in this room that probably do not know you, that they would make that decision that would change their life forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Last week I went to Melbourne with a bunch of people. For those of you who don't know, um, I have a tradition. Uh, my pastor, Pastor Shane Baxter in Melbourne, uh, enjoy church. I have a tradition. It's a commitment that I've made. No matter how busy I get, no matter how crazy life is, I will come to this event that he runs every year called The Summit. And Lee and I have been a part of it for probably close to 10 years, and we have seen this thing grow. We've seen this thing grow exponentially. And what I like to do is when I go on these trips, I try to take a bunch of people with me that maybe I believe that God's highlighting them on my heart, or I believe that God wants to do something in their life. So I had, I had a good bunch of people. It was a good mix. It was a bit of like a, bit of like a trail mix, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a bit of carbs in there, a bit of, uh, you know, sugar, a bit of, but it was a good bunch of people. And can I say, it was probably one of the most productive trips I had to Melbourne. Uh, you know, I had people from our board. I had uh, Pastor Caleb was with me. I had some of our leaders, some of our interns. And it was just a fun time. Uh, but there was a part of the trip, one of the days when uh, the, the, the men went to work and we left the boys in the session, all right? Uh, if, if you are part of that group, that's a compliment if I called you a boy. It just means you're young. 
Frank's laughing in the back. He's like, I've just been categorized as a boy. But, but we, left, we, left, we left the boys in the west suburb in Melbourne and we went to the north side because we wanted to meet with some of the leaders of the church. As you know, we are on, on progressing to a building opportunity. And so we're trying to get all the wisdom that we can get. And so we were in this private meeting. They were showing us different venues. This church has, I think, around 14 buildings across Victoria. And so we were just sort of like looking at different spaces and trying to learn. And in that process, I realized that we had the car. So we were driving. So we had the car. And I texted one of the boys and I said, uh, because I'm, I'm a dad, so I'm always thinking about the kids. So I'm just like, grab an Uber. I texted them, we don't have a car, the car's with us, grab an Uber. And I get the message back, it's been sorted. <laughs> and I don't know, just to give you context, the western suburb of, of Melbourne, it's, uh, just, it's not like Brisbane. It's, 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 it takes probably an hour and a half, maybe two hours to get from the church to our hotel. And it was Friday afternoon, peak time of traffic. And so uh, I turned to the boys next to me and I said, how did, how did someone convince, how would anybody in their right mind convince somebody to drive them from who, who they just met, by the way. They'd never met this guy. And I, get, and I, and I, said, I, I sent a text to Frank and I said, how did this happen? And he sent me one word, Harrison. <laughs> and, and so, and, so uh, and the thing about Harrison is I don't know if you've met him, but he can, he, you know, he can sell, uh, he, he can sell anything. And so, and so I was trying to get to an example, but I couldn't get one. And so, and so I'm just like, I'm just like, how did, how did someone, con- how did, how did you convince someone to be, to go through one and a half hours of traffic to drop random people that you just met? And so I'm like, I'm impressed. That's cool. And the next thing I know, the noise level in my room just goes up like 10 bars. And, and I walk out of my room and all of a sudden, the boys that have just arrived are looking at each other weird and long story short, what happens is obviously these guys met a character who sort of started, who sort of started inviting himself to everything. We're going to call him, we, we're going to call him Brother Backpacker from this moment on. <laughs> and so, and so here is everyone, they're looking at me awkward because no one's even introducing me to Brother Backpacker. I'm just like, you know, he's just dropped you and they're, they're looking all weird. And you know, people are blaming each other, like you invite, you called him up. I didn't call him, you called him up. No, we wanted him to meet Pastor Alvin. And, and then from there, we go to dinner. Now for those of you, just to get context, when you're at a conference, the, the food time, the meal times are the most holiest times because that's the only time I get with the people. That's the only time I get with our team and it's usually when I'm sharing heart. So people are looking awkward because they're like, now he's gonna come to that. And so, well, lo and behold, brother backpacker takes his, on a tour to try and find food. So we find food, we're sitting. I think the funniest moment was when Brother, Pac, Pac, when Brother Backpacker was eating his 20, 27th chicken wing and his leader from his church calls him and he says, I'm, I'm gonna come there soon, Pastor. I'm just ministering to some guys in Brisbane. <laughs> ministry, there was a lot of ministry happening. Licking of fingers, laying on of hands. <laughs> Pouring out the sauce. But anyways, I say all these things because I realized that day that Brother Backpacker was a wanderer. Do you know those people that you just meet and they just sort of, they just sort of, they don't really have a plan for themselves. They just sort of piggyback on your plan or your day or your agenda. And what I want to do this morning is I want to bring up two characters from the Bible that lived at the same time, that did life together. And one was a wanderer. He had a spirit of wonder. And the other was a wanderer. And, and, and I want you to turn to uh, Genesis chapter 
13 verse 1 and we're going to sort of build a premise from this. It says, so Abram left Egypt and traveled north into the Najaf along with his wife and Lot and all that they own. Now, when, when, when they say and Lot, it wasn't the name of the pizza that Abraham was having. It was actually his nephew. His name was Lot. Now, just to give you some context, the reason why Abraham was on this journey was because he had a massive encounter with God and God said, I'm gonna make you a great nation. I'm gonna build a people group out of you. He calls them out from obscurity, from, uh, from, from complete non-religion. He calls them to this place of faith. And so Abraham is on this journey journey. But it's interesting to see that as he's on this journey, he's got, a, he's got a nephew called Lot, who we begin to realize is more of a wanderer. And he sort of piggybacks on the journey, comes with him. Check out what it says in verse 2. It says, Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold from the Negev. They continued traveling by stages towards Bethel, and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abraham had built the altar and there he worshiped the Lord again. Lot, verse five, Lot who was traveling with Abram had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and many tents. I want you to notice this. If you, if you start reading between the lines, if you look at some history, some Jewish history, we, we understand that Lot actually invited himself. Abraham did not invite him. Lot invited himself because the reason why Lot invited himself was because Lot was like, this guy has something on his life. This guy seems loaded. I want to be around that. And that's okay. I think, I think it's good to be around people that are blessed. It's good to be around people that are on a journey. But then what happens is what's on Lot's life comes, what's on Abraham's life comes on Lot's life. Are you with me? I call it the principle of association. And, and, and that's a very dangerous thing because you know how sometimes you can do something but you do it so good and you think you're good? A lot of times whenever I do something and I do it really well, I always ask myself, how did I arrive there? Like one of, one of, one of the examples is my pastor, Pastor Shane in, in, in Melbourne. I remember the time when our lives came together. All of a sudden, people started inviting me around the, around the, around the place. And I began to ask, why are all these churches inviting me? And I begin to realize it's not, not really to do with me, but it's to do with the principle of association. And you've got to be careful because sometimes that can get into your head and you start thinking it's all about you. And so what happens is we read uh, in, in verse 6, it says, But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. And check out what it says in verse 8. Finally, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. But if you want the land to the left, I will take the land to the right. If you prefer the land on the right, I'll go to the land on the left. Now check out what, what verse 10 says. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere like the gardens of the Lord or of the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 11, Lord chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley. He went there with his flocks and servants, parted company with his uncle Abraham. Verse 12, so Abram settled in the land of Canaan and Lot moved his tent to a plain near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. But check out verse 13, but the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. So the context is Lot and Abraham were on this journey and Lot began to get blessed. And what begins to happen is Lot says, you know what? I'm so blessed. I don't really need Abraham. I don't really need to be filled with wonder. I don't really need to be associated with anything that's great. I've got my own thing going. 
And, 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 and I want you to notice because that's what the wandering spirit is. The wandering spirit is sort of, it sort of, sort of leeches on anything that's, next, that's the next thing that's trending. And so Abraham says to the Lord, hey, our, our, our team is fighting. We've got to just get some boundaries here. But, it, but look at it. It says that Lot looked at the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah was a sinful, wicked city. In fact, we don't have too much time, but later on we read in, in, in the Bible that God literally destroyed that city because of sin that was there. And, and, and later on we read, if you read the life of, of Lot, it doesn't really go that well. It sort of goes downhill. It gets pretty, some stuff happens in the life of Lot that you really can't mention in church. It's, it gets that bad. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is when I look at the story of Abraham and Lot, I see Abraham was the guy that had wonder. He was the wanderer, but Lot was the wanderer. And I want to share some principles that I believe will speak to us this morning. Because check out what it says in verse 14. After Lot had gone, the Lot said to Abraham, look to the, as far as you can in every direction, the north, the south, the east, and the west. I will give you all this land. So Lot chooses what he wants, but God literally says to him, even the land that Lot took, it's yours. The north, the south, the east, and the west. In other words, if you stick with God, if you stick with the word of God, even in times when it's challenging, even in times when it's troublesome, I want you to know that God's plans and promises are always yes and amen. We want to, we want to talk about moving from being a wanderer to being a wanderer. Here's the first one. First point. Abraham was sent, but Lot just went. Abraham, see, the reason why Abraham was on this journey was because he was sent. He had a word from God. He had an encounter with God. He had a promise from God. I'm going to make you a great nation. He was sent. Before ever he took the first step, he, there was a word that sent him along. But Lot just went. In other words, he just sort of saw Abraham's the flavor of the month. Let me piggyback on that. Abraham is the church of the month. Abraham is the conference of the month. Abraham is the Netflix series of the month. Abraham, you know what I'm saying? He's just piggybacking on whatever is that. Abraham was sent, but Lot just went. I remember when we started Downpour, there were a lot of people that got excited. Uh, in fact, there were a few people that came from other places, people that actually came down from the Sunshine Coast. Uh, but amongst that, there were different groups of people that even came from these spaces. There was one group that sort of was like, you know, I'm just looking for the opportunities that are there. You know, what title, what position, what, you know, I'm looking at uh, Pastor Caleb and Chloe now in the front row. And some of you don't know this, but these guys relocated their homes. They left the Sunshine Coast to be a part of our church before ever I'd even whispered in their ears that I see a pastoral calling. I see them to be campus pastors because why they had a word from God. They were sent by God. They were sent as, but some people just went. They just looked at the opportunity. And I want to encourage you, the way you reposition yourself from being a wanderer is saying, do I have a word from God? Am I sent into this? Is there a promise that I have from God? And it makes all the difference because there will be times when that word will be tested. There will be times when you go through challenges and that's when it's gonna be determined if you are a wanderer or if you are a wanderer. Proverbs 27 verse eight, it says, like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. Church, I want to ask you this morning, what are the things that God has said, I want you to be planted. I want you to be plugged in. I, I never want you to lose the wonder of your calling. Because friend, I want you to know there will be times when your calling and that word from God is challenged. But I want to encourage us, let us never lose that wonder. Here's my second thought on wanderers. Not all fruitfulness is from God. Not all fruitfulness is from God. I need to sort of say that 
with a word of caution, but I'm trying to sort of help you understand something because I want you to understand Abraham's life goal was to have a child. Are you getting what I'm saying? His life mission, not to have 10, just one. Just God give me one child. I mean, it's like, wow, one, one child, right? But all his life, he struggled in that. I mean, he had all the wealth in the world. He had all the riches in the world. He had all the land in the world. But he, he just couldn't, for whatever reason, they couldn't produce this child. But you look across at the life of Lot, if you're comparing, and you notice that Lot had kids of his own. I can imagine, you got to understand, Lot was Abraham's nephew. I can imagine Lot's kids growing up and saying, Dad, what's wrong with Uncle Abraham? He's got all this wealth, but we don't have any friends to play with. Like his kids are supposed to be like, you know, our sort of uncle, that sort of relationship, or aunties. But what's wrong? Can you imagine? I can imagine there would have been moments where Abraham would have looked at Lot's life and said, maybe I'm just too plugged in. Maybe I'm just too rigid. Maybe I'm just too rigid upon the Word of God. Maybe, I'm just, I, maybe I have just too much faith to believe in this. Maybe I should be doing what Lot is doing. And friend, can I say to you, when you have a word from God, there will always be people around you that you feel are more fruitful, that are more productive, that seem to be having more runs on the board than you. But can I encourage you, let that inspire you, but not let, let that not discourage you. Because sometimes we can go, God, maybe I, I've been doing things wrong. But, but, but here's the thing about having the spirit of a wanderer. What happens is you are so fixated on that vision. You're so stubborn about what we don't realize is Abraham was stubborn about the vision. It was not one year. It was not 10 years. It was not 20 years. It was decades upon decades that he had one mission. He held his wonder around one promise that I will make you a great nation. And here you've got nephew Lord buying land, buying property, having kids. But Abraham just said, you know what? I'm going to be, behold the wonder of the promise that God has given me. In fact, comparison sometimes is one of the greatest tools the enemy will use to make us wanderers. Some of you began this year with the spirit of, of, of wonder. But now you've begun to wander because you start looking at everybody else's life and, oh, they've progressed here and they've done that and they've done this. And all of a sudden you transition from being a wanderer to being a wanderer. Are you with me? And so it's so important that we, we sort of even check our own conviction and say, God, where is my heart in this? Here's my third point. Third point is set your, if you know the story of Abraham, you'd understand this, but I'll try to paraphrase this. Third point is set your eyes on the stars and stop gazing at the stuff. Set your eyes on the stars and stop gazing at the stuff. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, it says, Sometime later the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, I'll protect you. Verse 2, Abram replied, Sovereign Lord, what good are all these blessings when I don't even have a son? Why don't we jump to verse 3? It says, You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants, servants will be my heir. Verse 4, Then the Lord said, No, your servant will not be your heir. Verse 5, Then the Lord took Abram outside and said, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. I want you to look, look, look up here. Look up at the sky and count the stars. I want us to put up Genesis 13. We read this already. Verse 10, it says, Lot took a long look at the fertile plain. See, on one side, we've got the wanderer looking what is around him, but on the other end, you've got the wanderer looking at what is above him. See, there will be, and that's the chance. See, you know, here's the thing. What you need to realize is that God is always showing us things. But there are also temptations around us that make our eyes wander. 
the challenge is not to get a vision from God. The challenge is to maintain and to sustain and to keep the vision real when all the stuff is put around you. And I want us to encourage us where this, Lot set his gaze on the stuff around him. Oh, the plains of Jordan. The plains of Sodom. Oh, how, how prosper it is. Oh, the place is bad. The place is wicked. It's not the best place to raise a child. It's okay. We'll, we'll be just be there for a few years. We'll just make a few compromises. We'll just skip a few Sundays. We'll just do whatever. We'll sort of just put the God thing in a cabinet in the season. It's a serious season. We're just building a career. But when I get that the right amount in the bank, then we'll sort of put the house of the Lord as a priority. But, but Abraham had a different spirit. God could just use a little, just, just the sky, just the, just the stars to speak a message to him. You know, when we read that scripture, it's not like, you know, it's not like God gave him a vision or God gave him a dream or God sent angels. Literally, God just showed him the stars. Can I say to you, sometimes in some seasons, the only thing that'll encourage you is the simple things around you. Some of you are waiting for an angel to come and tell you, keep moving on, keep pressing together. No, but sometimes God will put little things around you and he's gonna challenge us to open up our eyes and look up and say, I'm gonna believe, I'm gonna hope again, I'm gonna put faith again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna once more believe in the promises of God. I, I find it interesting. You got Abraham and Lot, same family, same genes, same circumstances, same Starter, same educational level perhaps, but two completely different outcome. I say this because even as I'm preaching this, there are people in this room that are saying, oh, you do not know my background. No one's been to college. No one's been to university. No one's, everyone's had a divorce. But I'm telling you right now, you may come from a family of wanderers, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He will fill you with power. He will fill you with authority and He will give you your wonder back. He will give you your wonder back. It does not matter where you've come from. You look, at, you, look at, you look at Lot where he took a long look at the plains of pleasure and sin. Whereas Abraham took a long look at the stars of the heavens. See, when you lose your wonder, sometimes what we need is just something as simple as the things around us. I'd encourage us to be careful at what we take a long look at. I'd encourage you if, you, if your life is not going in the direction that you need it to go, I, I, need, I need you to do a looking assessment this week. What are the things in my life that I'm taking a long look at? Can I tell you, if you start taking a long look at the Word of God, when you start taking a, look at, a long look into the presence of God, it sort of just settles you, it sort of aligns you, and it's amazing just how crazy it is that what we look at can feed that spirit of becoming a wanderer, or the spirit of becoming a wanderer. Isn't that amazing? Just a little step of where my eyes are. In fact, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. In fact, Paul takes it up a notch in the book of Hebrews. And Paul says something incredible about Abraham. I read the scripture over and over every now and then when I'm believing for something. But check out what it says in Hebrews 11:10. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Can you imagine? Here is, here is nephew Sodom building a city. A nephew Lord building the city of Sodom. It's like, I love the city of Sodom. I love the architecture in the city of Sodom. Abraham, 
I reckon Abraham was the kind of person that had his eyes shut more than his eyes open. Because where he lived, there was no city. I don't know if you understand this. Abraham did not grow up in a city, but something in him, that spirit of wonder in him said, I'm not just going to have a child. I'm not just going to have great grandkids. My generation is going to build a city. Build a city with eternal foundations, a city designed by God. Can I say to you, there are times in my own life when I look around and when I look at our church and I look at things that are happening and things that are not happening, sometimes it's exciting, sometimes it's not that exciting, And I've got to go back to the scripture and I say, God, give me the wonder of the city, of the church that you're trying to build. Give me that that spirit of anticipation that's looking forward to a city, to a church with eternal foundation, a city designed by God. We We don't calculate our youth ministry based on what happened last Friday. We're calculating our youth ministry based on what's going to happen in 10 years from now. Because in 10 years from now, the kids in our youth ministry need to be our leaders. They need to be our pastors. They need to be worship leaders. They're looking forward. We're anticipating to a city and a church that's built not on earthly foundation, but on eternal foundation. In fact, Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 9 says, Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of desire. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. Better, in other words, this is what he's saying. It's better to be faithful with what God has put right in front of you as opposed to wandering and looking around to other people's life where God has not put that in front of you. How many times we look at everything else on our phones of people's life or what they have, we wander and we live other people's lives through these objects in our pocket when God is saying, I've put you, set your eyes on what is around you. See the blessing, count your blessing. See what I put around you. Here's my fourth thought when it comes to a wanderer or a wanderer. You may just have one story as opposed to many. You may just have one story as opposed to many. If you were to meet Abraham, when he started, he'd tell you, God told me I'm going to be the father of a nation. You meet him next year, God told me I'm going to be the father of a nation. You meet him 10 years later, God told me I'm going to be a father of a nation. You meet him 20 years, oh, by the way, I've changed my name. Oh, what's your name? It's no more Abraham, it's Abraham. What does that mean? I can eat ham, no. <laughs> what, what, that means is, what that means is, God told me I'm gonna be father of many nations. In other words, Abraham only had one story. Just one story. If you met Lot, he'll be like, I don't know if you know this, if you actually study the life of Lot, it's quite interesting because the Bible says when he moved to Sodom, it says he was on the plains of Sodom. You know what that means? He was in the neighborhood. That block is bad, but I want the prosperity of that block, but I'll just live in the neighborhood. But do you know what? A few chapters later when the angels were actually going to destroy the city in Genesis 13, it says, or Genesis 19, it says, that when the two angels came, it says they found Lot in the gate, at the gate of the city. Do you know who sits at the gate of a city? The judges, the leaders. He had gone from just living in the outskirts of sin to be living in the, in the center of sin. Because the wandering spirit always is looking for what's next. Two rooms is not enough. We need three. One car is not enough. We need five. One wife is not enough. We need... (laughs) The wandering spirit is never satisfied. It's always looking for an upgrade. But if you met Abraham, he had one story. God's going to make us a great nation. God, can you imagine going to Abraham's church, hearing the same sermon over and over again? You know, I had one of our interns... 
they just have too much time. But I had one of our interns, uh, they looked up and they found a video of me when I was preaching when I was 22. And, and uh, I was a lot lighter then. We need to get back there. We need to get back there. But uh, preaching when I was 22, and, 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 and he listened to the message, and he messaged me, and he said, Pastor Alwyn, apart from like your accent being a bit more American, you sound exactly the same. And you know what? Like you, you, you'd say that as, as a preacher, you'd think, oh, no, I wish he said I was a better preacher. I took that as the biggest compliment. Because what that says is 12 years from then, I'm still saying the same thing. I've got the same passion, the same heart to see a move of God in Australia that will impact the rest of the world. And, and my prayer is that 20 years from now or 10 years from now that we'll still be going after that same thing, that we would still have wonder around the same. I don't know if you know this, when I was 14, God spoke to me and I've still had wonder around that 20 years later. Can we be people that commit our lives not to 15 different assignments, but to one assignment? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my kids, we're gonna do this one single. Let me tell you, when you do that, God can change your life and God can change your family. Lot was the other opposite, always looking for new gadgets. Do you meet those people? Every time you meet them, they have a new business idea. Just look straight. I'm probably talking about you, but just look straight. Every time you meet them, there's this shoe coming. There's this foot thing coming. There's this new diet coming. Like, you know, you know this new thing. You, like, there's always a new business venture. There's always a new, I mean, how to grow your ministry in 22 days. How to get 10K social media followers in 15 days. The whole get rich scheme. Can I tell you, there is no get rich scheme. There's only one scheme. It's called hard work. Yeah. It's called hard work. It's saying, you know, I'm going to be in this. I'm going to be committed to this. I'm going to do all that God's called me to be. I'm going to be faithful. And out of that, God will bless it. And it's amazing when we commit ourselves to that, what begins to happen. The story of Lot sort of ends in a bad way because I don't know if you know the story. The story of Lot actually ends with the city that he was in. The city of Sodom and Gomorrah was so perverted that it literally got got God's attention, that God said that city is so evil and that city is so perversive. I mean, you got to go and read just the stuff that they did. It was so bad that God said, I need to destroy, like I'm doing a disservice to humanity if I keep the city. People ask me, why did God destroy the city? God didn't destroy the city. They destroyed themselves. God was just taking out the trash. That's, that's really, I mean, they destroyed, they were already destructive. They were already destroyed and God was just clearing things out. But here's the crazy part about the story. When God was about to destroy the city, God takes the time to talk to Abraham. I don't know if you know the story. Literally, we don't have time, so we just got a few minutes. But what happens is God literally says to Abraham, I'm about to, Abraham, I don't want to do this. It's not my heart. You know, my heart is gracious. You know, my heart is loving. You know, my heart is kind. But these people are literally inviting me every day to destroy them. And my son, I think I'm going to destroy. Here's the crazy part. God chooses and takes the time to speak to Abraham, but not once does Lot know. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Lot also was following God. It was not just Abraham who was following God. Isn't it crazy that the guy who lives in that city does not get a text message from God telling him, I'm about to turn up. But God takes time to talk to Abraham. Why? Because when you have a wandering spirit, you're not sensitive to the voice of God. I've got a prop here that I wanna, I wanna show you because when I would read the story as a child, I read the story as a child 
And, and I said, God, that's, 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 that's unfair. You know, like you're telling Lot about destroying a city that he's not living in. And, and, and you know, you're not, you're not telling, you're not telling, you're telling Abraham, you're not telling Lot about, the, about this. I would read the story and say, that's a bit unfair. How many of you felt God can be a bit unfair? Like he tells people about stuff in your life and he's not talking to you. It's like, what's going on, God? Let me tell you, the voice of God is like an old school radio. How many of you have ever used an old school radio? I mean, you probably still do in the car, but nowadays in the car, you can just press buttons. It's all preset. But you know, the old school radio is, you've got the dial here and you're sort of just going through and you're just sort of searching and you're just sort of getting in tune. You're getting in tune. Sometimes you can get a bit, a bit of a song, but it's sort of buffering and blurry and everything else. And you've got to tune that thing and tune that thing and tune it. And then the song comes. Like nowadays, we can just play the song from our phone. But back in the day, when you, an old school radio was one of those where, you know, you just had to get, and can I say to you, here's the thing about God. This is what people don't understand. God is always airing. But we make the choice to tune in. And, and I reckon God was airing that to Lord. God was airing that to every person that was seeking his face. But Abraham took the time to tune in. Some of you are telling things like, I can't hear the voice of God. Can I say to you, when you start hearing the voice of God, you will see and hear and feel his voice everywhere. But we need to make the choice to say, God, I'm not gonna let my heart wander. I'm not going to let my eyes wander. I'm not going to let my ears wander by the things of the world. I'm going to stay in, this, in a spirit of wonder because when your word is spoken, things begin to change. When your word is spoken, your word is a lamb unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so God, see the thing was Abraham's position. His posture was what, what was attractive to God because God knew that whenever he spoke, Abraham would obey. And I want to encourage you, the way we maintain the wonder is by being, being a bunch of people that will say, God, when, we, when you speak, we will move. When you speak, we will give. When you speak, we will sacrifice. When you speak, we will obey. Can I say that spirit is, is attractive to the voice of God? I wanna encourage you this morning. Don't just have a radio. Don't just be in church. Don't just say, I'm a Christian. I want you to take time to tune in and say, God, I don't wanna just wander through my marriage. I don't want to just wander through my finances. I don't want to just wander through being a parent. I don't want to just wander through my business. But Lord, I want to have the wonder. See, the only way you can have wonder is by taking time to say, I'm hearing God. It's like when Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is here. See, a wanderer will choose any channel to, to pick and play. A wanderer, a wanderer is, is, choose, is happy to choose anything, but a wanderer, a person of wonder, will stay glued to that one channel, the voice of God, the voice of the Spirit.